Hey, everybody. This is Craig Custance, your friendly Tuesday American Edition co-host of The Athletic Hockey Show, joined by Sean Gentili. And if I sound rushed, it's because I feel like we have so much to talk about today, Sean. Like, <laughs> yeah, you sound like you're in a real hurry on. here, man. Yeah. Do I? This no, is like, this no. is me panicked. This is my you're panic chilling. voice. Like, the house is on fire. Um, great show. We're joined by... Uh, last week we had the women's world championships coach, John Robleski. Go back and listen to that if you haven't. He was great. This week we have the men's Team USA world championships coach, David Quinn. Also on the side, occasionally coaches the San Jose Sharks uh, as a bit of a side hustle. But we know his priority is to is to lead the U.S. men to world championship victory. I lost track Goal. of how many times he's coached the national team over the last few years. Six. Um, I know the seven. answer. He coached the worlds last year, and then he coached the Olympics the year before. So I found, three, right? Know. It's it's seriously because he was the head coach of the yeah, Olympic three. team, I and mean, then is, did worlds, and now is doing worlds been. again. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It, 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 he, as he mentioned, with players, you put in your time with USA Hockey, you tend to get rewarded down the path. Like John Robleski is a great example. Came up through the program, has put in a ton of time, and got this great opportunity on the women's side. That's how it is. Sean, you keep working hard at The Athletic, a New York Times company. Someday, you'll, your dreams too will come. You'll be coaching the Americans. Oh, I thought you were going to say that was me working for The New York Times. <laughs> You're going to open up, open up a door there, baby. Mm, I, I was just beating you to it. Quiet. Uh, but first, let's talk playoffs because what a night last night was. Uh, just Americans all over the board. In, in, we don't talk a lot of Leafs because it's covered pretty well in the other days of the week. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> yeah. But there is an American side of that. And Austin Matthews, just two massive goals and a comeback victory for the Leafs. I've, I've got thoughts on, on both of those teams. But, Sean, what, you were watching that. We were ex- there's messages being exchanged about what, you know, what, what's Mac and going to write about. Like, what, was, what, what do you think all that? What a win. I don't, I, okay, so I don't, I didn't see what Sean wrote for this morning. I haven't read it yet. I can guess that this will, really yeah, I'm sure. I can guess that this will, that it'll, that something that will be mentioned in that is the fact that in our little Slack channel, in our national, in our national coverage Slack channel, at 8.23 p.m., Sean McIntyre. Oh, you're just going to, you're going to put no, him on blast? It's fine. Wow. No, I mean, of course, this is his, of course, he I thought these were this. private messages. I, I, I didn't know these were public. No, these I didn't are, know these were for public podcasting discussions, but go ahead. Continue. I have a whole, I have a whole message board where I just post internal athletic. <laughs> it's on a disc. It's on a discord. I just post all our internal communications there. Wow. Mac and do mm-hmm. 823 PM. If there's any story emerging from Toronto, Tampa Bay so far, it's maybe the lightning are just better. 823. You know what, Sean, by the way, he he's probably right. Like, I don't know if about you're that. Who, what? Maybe Tampa's be- a better team. They're better at certain yep. things. You know where they're not better. You can't say this. What you're about to say? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say it. But Vasilevsky has not been good. I know. I know. One of those goals came on a tip. Like whatever. Those are three I straight multiple goals. Three straight. Case. Three straight duds for him. He's not. He's not a world beater right now. He hasn't stolen. He certainly hasn't stolen any of them. His goal saves above expected have been negative in all in all three. Like yes, there yes some some are happening on tips, but he's not he's not bailing that team out. 
and the Leafs are better than they've ever been before. That's a better group of skaters. And Tampa's, you know, they're missing. They miss Hedman for a little bit. Eric Chernak. Mm-hmm. Other guys are getting older. The bottom six isn't isn't as much of a factor. Like all these things, all these little factors, where it's like Vasilevsky hasn't been good, and, and and the Leafs are a little bit are a little bit deeper and a little bit better, and Samsonov hasn't self destructed, and all these like little like mini boxes that are getting checked night after night after night. It adds up, and that's how if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you get to three one in this series. Like there's no one smoking gun. You need a bunch of stuff to go right, and it's it, at the same time, and it's finally happening. It's wild, but it's also to to Sean. So, congratulations to the Toronto Maple Leafs for moving uh, on yes. to the next yes, round no, of the playoffs. No way, way to go! Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly's got to score late. The Leafs that that Lightning were the better team in that game, and really, whatever happened last night, you could argue though. I mean, the Leafs did what they did. I, I'm just what I'm saying is it's not. This could be one of those mm-hmm. series where the Leafs advance, which they should, I, and I believe they will because they've been in this position before. There's no chance at this point they're letting their foot off the gas. They're, like all that experience, all the things we talk about, uh, the the things that you have to do to get to this point, this is where it pays off for the Leafs, I believe. So I do believe they'll advance. But it could also be one of those series where you go, eh, the Lightning might have been the better team. They probably should have won that series. Who gives a shit? I know. I know. You, you advance. That's how hockey works. I get it. This is not... The the deserve to win a meter should be disabled for the playoffs. As I say this, as I look up the deserve a win a meter for deserve to win a meter for these for these games. But can you imagine how hard the Leafs are gonna are gonna play at the start of at the start of game five? They're they're gonna come out. They're gonna, they're gonna, gonna be out. shot out of a can. And the concern I think is that there is some is as it as it always is, is that there's some early some early, you know, fork in the road where there's a whatever bad goal, whatever happens, or if it turns out that it's going to be the Samsonov game where he steps on a rake because that's <laughs> that's going to happen at some point. <laughs> I'd like to say that I'm not surprised by it, but I still because of how good that roster is and how well built how well built it is and the work that they did at the trade deadline and how much those how much everything is paying off mm-hmm. like logically. You're like Jake McCabe. He's been he's been he's been really good. They've gotten good minutes from Luke Shen. On and on down the list. You know mm-hmm. everything they've done I mean, from the Oh my, he's been whatever. It points the best player in the series, right? Like right. all these moves that they've done have paid off. So I'd like to say, on some level, as a, as someone who tries to approach this stuff more logically than not, I'd like to say that I'm not surprised, but I am because you you just were conditioned to expect it. Disappointed by disappointed by it too. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I would agree with you. Even like I think they come out house of fire in this next game because this, they're like, hey, we've been in the spot. We we've learned. But I also like I'm not even worried about the Lightning scoring that early goal because what the Leafs have shown us in this series, like they're still coming. They're just going to keep coming. Like mm-hmm. that's I don't know if we've seen that version of this team before. Nope. I don't know. They've shown you something that not again. Not to sit here and talk about the Leafs. The goaltending should still scare people. It should. Samsonov, Samsonov, he's been, and and there is no safety net. There's none. Joseph Hull is break in case of emergency, right? Like, whatever. It's Samsonov or bust. (laughs) Yeah. And and that should be terrifying. Say what you want about Vasilevsky, and I'm sure all these stats have or will be trotted out, but, you know, when the lightning can be eliminated, you, you... 
generally you get a different. He just goalie. stunk for three games in a row. <laughs> it's true. Like like it doesn't ch- it doesn't change it, it doesn't change what he's done. I'm not slag I'm not slagging his body of work, but like, what do you like, want him to do on the game winner last night? Tip post in. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I, I'm not. Good job, I'm not, Andre. I'm not clowning Make him that for, for that for that goal specifically. But like, dude, he got seven hung on him in in game in game two. Like, come on, it's okay to say that this guy hasn't been good in this series, and it's a big part of the narrative. You know, if and when this happens, it's going to be because Andre Vasilevsky was not good enough to beat this team. First time for everything, but it's happening, and it's happening right in front of us. I think people yeah. are afraid to say it too, partially because because there's so. And this goes back to the whole Toronto media complex thing too. I think people are afraid to like poke the bear on this one and say like, right, you're gonna you're gonna jinx yourselves if you talk about how Andre Vasilevsky has has basically stunk for the first four games here. He yeah. has. It doesn't mean it, it doesn't that means nearly nothing moving forward, right? I'm not. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's. Uh, probably not a good bet to be awful in game five because it's Andre Vasilevsky. But yeah. part of the reason we're here is because he hasn't been good enough. It's crazy. He's also maybe more better known for the games when the Lightning can eliminate teams. It's the opposite. I mean, he's good when they can be eliminated, but I'm not hedging. I, I wonder. Like that's why you're laughing. Someone to but. dig up Andre Vasilevsky's record after he loses three straight games. I'm sure he's really good in those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to the Vasilevsky family. Whatever. He hasn't been good. It's okay. It's okay to say. It's fine. And nobody has the courage except for me. Okay. Okay. This is Great Big Vasilevsky. <laughs> Everybody's kowtowing to yeah. Big Vasilevsky. I want. I hope you're remembered for the guy that slagged <laughs> the best goalie of his generation. <laughs> Ever. He hasn't been good. The moment it's he was fine. down on multiple tipped shots. I, I will screens, defer, I will defer to my of placement of him on the NHL 99 for how I feel about him in general. I think he's I think he's fantastic, but this has not been his best work. And the reason the Leafs have a chance to clinch here is is in no small part due to the way that he's played. It's okay, it's okay to point it out. Okay. Um, Jack Hughes, friend friend of the show, mm-hmm. so for to say, three goals <laughs> in four games. <laughs> Hughes family. <laughs> I don't know if Jack specifically. Family friends. Family friends. Um, three goals. Like Jack's Jack, it, it's so fun to see somebody arrive on the stage and do exactly what you wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And here we are, Devils, Rangers, tied up. It's rude. I think we all sat there and said, we got the brackets out and we're like, hey, Islanders, Rangers would sure be fun in round two, wouldn't it? And um, I'm not sure if either team's going to hold their end of the bargain on that one. I don't think so. You know what? I'm. I felt stupid for picking the Devils at the start of this, right? Because my my thought, I was like, I'm going to go with them because the whole experience versus inexperience, yeah. like that's true in a lot of cases. But rules are made to be broken. Like there there are times where stuff like that doesn't you know doesn't doesn't hold up. And I thought maybe this was one of those cases. First two games, I'm like, whoops, screwed that one up. But everything that Jack's done from the on ice stuff. Yeah which has been great. He had a quote in between games. I, I saw this and I can't find it now specifically like exactly, but I saw it ahead of, ahead of last night 
where he was like, everybody's talking about experience versus lack of experience and how like we haven't been here before and blah, blah. He was like, that's not what's going, we just haven't, we haven't played well. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think that's an important distinction to make. And I think that's an important way for these teams to feel individually. Like it's one thing for us to sit here and talk about the devils don't have experience and it's, it's going to come back and bite them in the ass and blah, blah, blah. And that might, that may well be true. I think I believe that to be true sure. in, a, in, in a lot of cases, but they can't believe that they can't believe like a word word that there's like predestination of play here and that we're doomed because we haven't done it. Like, that is the, that mindset that he talked about is the exact one that they have to have, which is like, look, this is in our control. We're a good team. We weren't at our best for the first however many games of the season, and now it can change, right? And that's what he said before last night. And then he comes out and he's the best player on the ice last night. Like I, like yeah. I think that means something. Good goalie story in New Jersey too. That's always fun. Love it. He was Schmid was one of the seven guys that they rolled out there last year, and I feel like. Everybody kind of lumped them together because their goalie situation was such a catastrophe, right. right? It's it's Mackenzie Blackwood and it's Jonathan Bernier and it's Nigel Dawes and it's all these all these guys like going on and on down the list. And he was in there, and that was a lot of people's first. Bernier, exposure. really, one of them? That can't be right. Um, I don't know if he got. I, actually, good question. I don't know. I can't remember if he got hurt at the start of the season or or uh, or in no, between. I'm not checking you, man. They had, I, whatever. They had seven. No, they, they had. They a, played, there they was played, a parade. They played of them. seven dudes. And, and they had sub 900 goaltending for the entire season. Like that's, that's what destroyed them last year. And Schmid was in the, was kind of in the, was in the mix, right? Like he was one of those guys. So I think, I think people saw him resurface and were like, oh, yeah, this is his one, part of, one of those part guys, of the collective. huh? Yeah, part of the, yeah, yeah. part of the sub 900 parade from last year. And it turns out he's pretty young and pretty good. Mm -hmm. I said this yesterday in a, in a thing that I wrote, like, He's got that level of randomness to him that we see from like playoff legends, right? Where you're like, I don't, I don't, this guy's got a funky name. I don't know where he came from. I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot of things, I don't know, parts of the I, recipe. I don't know anything about him, but all of a sudden he's out here throwing up 935s in, 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 in a couple straight games. Like, oh no, might have something That's here. That's pretty fun. It is. It rules. Yeah. Before we get to David Quinn, I you know I did want to ask you about the Kale McCarr honorary American Kale McCarr, who I thought was American for the first couple years of his life, because uh, he he definitely should be. Uh, his hit on Jared McCann, uh, they walked it back to a minor. How just crazy! I know. I I feel like what Kale said after the game was he didn't know where the puck was right on this play. Yeah, yeah, and I believe him personally well then we're all set here no that doesn't i mean you suspend Kale the seems like an it's insane guy. he like he he did the whole like he like waved off a penalty mm -hmm. early in the season you remember, remember that i mean he's you know doesn't have a history of he's not trying to cheat anything but it was a it yeah. was a it was a late bullshit hit i like i th i here's here was my reaction when i saw the play i was like where the hell did the puck go and then you look, is that, you're, did it go in the stands? Like, did it, did it come down off the netting? It was a bizarre bounce. I don't, I don't think you realize what had happened, but that doesn't matter. It's uh, Jared McCann, 40 goal scorer, by the way, as, as everybody loves to point out, because he's out, he's out for game five. He's out probably longer term, you know, whatever. This is, uh, this goes back to the whole thing and it's been the, the, the debate around hits for as long as we've been doing it, right? It's like, do you suspend the outcome or do you spend the, in, to suspend the intent? Like what should the what should right. the blend be? 
I don't care that Kel McCarr didn't mean to do it. He did it. Yeah. If, if McCann's <laughs> concussed or whatever and is out for the series, that that's part of the equation. Whether or not you like, though I I've used this before, but I'll like when I asked the GM about this, he's like, here's here's an easy way to do it. If you if you're driving recklessly and you hit a tree, you're on, it's on you or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you clip somebody walking by as you hit the tree, there's there's a result that that you will be punished for. There's a result here. Totally. We can sit here and say like, uh, Makar is not that kind of player and he's never done that kind of thing before. And you can look at it and say, you know, I think it's pretty clear that he didn't realize that the puck was out of bounds, but like tough shit. He demolished Jared McCann, who had completely let up, was not prepared to be hit, had did not realize that yeah. like because Jared McCann knew that the puck went out of bounds or, or went 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 over went over the over the glass. Jared McCann knew it. And that's part of the reason the outcome of that hit was so horrendous because McCann was not braced for it. Right. So you say like, you know, whatever. Okay, like we believe your explanation, but but still, take a it seat. Just, it like, still happened. Tough shit. The guy's it happened. Out. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't mean to as a defense. Yeah. Like when is as that ever? Who has kids? I know that that's not a defense. It's a nice try. I didn't mean to. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Go sit in your room. <laughs> <laughs> the craziest part was them taking it down from a major to a minor. I think that's the more. <sighs> that's happened to a me. That's times the more. Yeah, it has. You saw it. You saw it happen because you were you were at a you were at a game, right? You saw it happen in Carolina. I understand with a Jack Drury hit. Yeah. It's, it's like, why? Why is like this these happening? Guys are concussed. Like what? You know why? You know why? Yeah, because they're scared. I'm, I'm asking. Ta- I'm asking you. I was trying to tee you. It's because they're scared. They don't want to impact the game. They in don't want to impact the game. I'm assuming yeah. they don't want to be the guy that sends that sends Kale McCarr out or put puts him in a penalty box for five minutes or sets the sets the table for him to be suspended. Yeah, they're not. They clearly don't want that smoke. And that's insane. That's insane. There's no other better explanation. There's, there's, that is the most logical explanation when, like, when you're, when you're watching this. He got, he, he just demolished Jared McCann and injured him well, several beats after the whistle. Like, on what earth is that not a major penalty? But it's a star, it's a star player. It's a crucial game. And it would have, and it would have been a, a kind of a, a pivot point, you know, in the action there. So of course, of course, they don't do it. It's a joke. With all due respect, and when you say all due respect, as we all know, yeah, you can you say can, anything you want after yep. that. Eric Duhatchik, friend of the show, Hall of Famer, wrote, you know, let's stop the whining about the referee. Like credited Todd McClellan for not going down that path. I, I just, I would disagree with that and say, like, it, the, it's been bad at times. The refereeing, the call, some of these calls. I, it's okay to call people out. I think teams should, you know, I'm okay with that. We we laughed at off. You know, we talked to David Quinn who got fined twenty five k during the regular season, so he was going to go down that. One path of us we, clearly was unaware of. By the way, <laughs> I'd forgotten. <laughs> what do you think, David? Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna oh. jump in on this conversation. Probably not. <laughs> Let's. I'll, I'll I'll take it again. Twenty five grand wasn't enough. Yeah, let me let me go on Craig and Sean's little podcast and, and ring up another bill. Cost myself another couple vacations or, or or whatever. Okay, I actually like the gamesmanship that happens sometimes. I'm fine with all that. We we don't have to take the high road. No, no, nobody needs no. to take the high road. I appreciate what Eric's saying. Like, let's let's. I just get talk, it. You know, like maybe it. maybe yeah, rein yeah. it in. But the re- the best way to 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 dial to decrease <laughs> the amount of complaints here is to have better officiating. Yeah. Or or implement 
video review in a more equitable, reasonable way. That's a big part of it too. And and I think that's a very important, I I think Eric did a great job of like weaving that into it too, is a lot of this, a lot of this has to do with, with video replay culture, which is, which is true. Yep. I think an important part of what Todd McClellan did, and this, this is what you get. He's a veteran coach, very successful coach. That's like an, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, Sort of thing coming for him, like mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I'm not gonna hey, wind up. I'm not gonna listen, wind up. There's a lot to complain about here. Lord knows, I would be in the right. But <laughs> it, it'd be really easy for me to whine about how <laughs> shitty the officiating is. But I'm not gonna do it. I'm hey, not that guy. Listen, these guys are working hard. I would. You might complain about how bad it was because you're seeing what I'm seeing. But I'm not gonna. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of soft players and a lot of soft players in it and a lot of soft coaches in in this league. Who, if they had to put up with the shit that we put up with today, would complain about it? But not me. <laughs> not me. Not me. Because guys are working hard. We got to play through it. Um, all right. Coming up next, David Quinn. Great conversation. We ca- caught him on the way to the airport. We got Rex in the back seat, who could be a twin for Burlington. Fun fact, Sean. My dog Burlington, same dog as what David had. His name when we bought him. We don't know. We don't adopt. We're not rescuing anybody. We're getting designed. <laughs> no, you get, no, no, yeah, you get getting family. bougie, bougie dogs. Mm-hmm. When we, when we spare got, no expense. He was a Rex until we changed him to Burlington. I love it. You like it, he looks. He looks like a Burley. And Rex He's looks like a Rex. I think you guys landed on the right names for these dogs. Yeah, we'll be here. We are now thrilled to be joined by head coach of the San Jose Sharks, David Quinn, who is uh, traveling Florida right now um, with the family, the family dogs. I love it, David. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. How are you? No problem. Good to be with you guys. Um, there's a lot to get at with you. And, and I, we, we got you on specifically to talk about Team USA and the World Championships. Um, but I think Sharks fans and, and NHL fans that maybe weren't watching every game of the Sharks, and maybe they were, we don't know. I think there's a lot of compelling things to talk about um, in the season that just ended. And you're coming out of exit interviews. And, I, you know, we talk a little bit about the balance that you have of trying to t- turn the page versus correct mistakes. What was your message to to, the, to your team and your players specifically? Did you have like a through line when you were talking to the players coming out of the exits? You know, it's funny, Craig, because, you know, the word that just jumps out to all of us, whether it be players, coaches, or management, is frustration because – you know, through the course of the season, people that did follow us and watch us, we found ways to lose hockey games that, that I don't think you could really duplicate. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it wasn't just one way. It was a different way every night. It was a different player. And, you know, the level of frustration that kept building throughout the first half of the season was getting difficult to overcome. And, you know, we felt like we were playing pretty good hockey and our record certainly wasn't indicative, we thought, of the way we were playing. So, you know, when obviously when it became clear we weren't going to make the playoffs, obviously Mike made the moves that were beneficial to our organization long term. Uh, and obviously the end of the season was certainly didn't mirror what we felt the beginning of the season or the first 50, 60 games were. So it was really a, a tale of two seasons in a lot of ways. But you certainly have to learn from, you know, the season, uh, understand the things that you did well and the things you got to improve on. And that's our job as a staff and to kind of alter some of the things that we were doing to put ourselves in a position to win more hockey games. I mean, there, I mean, there was definitely, you know, this point of demarcation for you as, as you know, you, you talk about finding ways to lose a lot of like overtime, a lot of, you know, close games for the first half of the season. And then the GM does what the GM has to do there. Um, right. do, is your pitch to Mike like, hey, 
can we take another run at it next year? Or is, you know, I mean, he's got these long-term plans and I mean, Eric Carlson is top of mind, like what he has to do there versus you, you saying, Hey, we, we want to improve off of last season. Like, how do you balance that with Mike? Well, there's a balancing act for every organization, right? Every organization is looking short-term and long-term. That's the job of the general manager. And, you know, unfortunately for us over the last four years, we've been paying the price for chasing Stanley Cups for 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's just the evolution of a franchise and the way things go in pro sports, right? You can talk constantly trading away assets, you're trading away draft picks, and eventually it's going to catch up to you. And that's kind of what's happened here in San Jose. That being said, we've got a core of, you know, guys in their early 30s that are really good players. Mm-hmm, and yeah. So I don't want to say we're in between, but it's not as clear cut with us as what the next step is. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that is- you know, is probably going to take care of itself and unfold here in the next two months. I mean, you don't have to look far. Like, look at the Kings. Like, they're 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 probably a good comparable for you all. Where they're 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 sitting here as we sit and talk. They're they're giving the Oilers all they can handle with this combination of young players and the same guys that they were winning Stanley Cups with. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, when it, when I took over at the Rangers, uh, you know, we were in similar situations. The mm-hmm. Kings and the Rangers. Yeah. We might we were ahead of the game a little bit when I got to New York, and you know, here both organizations are the Rangers and the Kings you know, legitimate chances to win Stanley Cups, you know, right there fighting for it. So, you know, there are different ways to do it. Uh, It can happen, especially when you have, like you said, you know, I think L.A. is a pretty good comparable to where the situation we're in. And I've got all the faith in the world and Mike that, you know, we're going to get out of this quickly, uh, but also in a timely, responsible way. Hmm. Sorry, Mike, or Sean, I was really hogging the the mic here. Go ahead. (laughs) I mean, I we we talked about this. We talked about this once already. But like, how is um <laughs> when you do go through the exit meeting process and and you know you kind of assess you know the the, the way the last chunk of games went. Um, is there is there like a magic bullet? Is there one thing you can look at with your team and say like this is this is what did us in from an on ice standpoint over the last over the last you know six weeks or, or eight weeks? There is there anything that changed? Well, the last six or eight weeks were, were were almost an outlier in a lot of ways because we made so many changes, we had so many new faces, so many call ups. So you know, it's all you got to be. You also got to be, uh, you know, realistic to what you're evaluating. And we're we're probably more focused on the first sixty games than we are the last twenty to get a real feel of of what we need to continue to do to be better. And you know, we did a deep dive about. You know, why are we giving up so many goals? Why are we defensively one of the worst teams in the league? Because if you look at high danger chances and, you know, Mm -hmm. giving up chances in general, we were in the middle of the pack, even creeping to the top 10 in some of the Mm. defensive analytics. And it just didn't match up. And the number one thing was offensive zone turnovers. I mean, I think it was almost 38% of our chances against were because of offensive zone turnovers, Mm. you know, high risk decisions. You know, not responsible decisions. And that's something that we're going to have to clean up for sure next year. And, you know, are there some things we can do from a coaching standpoint to put us in a better position that way? Absolutely. And we're in the process of doing that now to figure out, you know, what can we do? What can we tweak from a coaching standpoint uh, to put our players in a better position to not, you know, turn the puck over as much as we did in the offensive zone? How do you, 
how do you figure out a level of risk that you can live with when it comes when it comes to coaching an, an offensive team? Because you you don't I'm sure you don't want to coach the creativity and, and you, you don't want to coach the offensive, you know the the, the, right. the offensive chance taking out, out of these guys. But at the same time, it was a clear problem for you guys. So how, how do you how do you or whatever? How do you how do you yeah. how do you get to that even watermark where you're like this is the, this is like this is the sweet spot for us in terms of risk taking? Well, I think we had players that probably weren't highly skilled offensive players trying to be highly skilled offensive players. Right. There are, ex- there are acceptable turnovers in hockey. You're going to turn the puck over when you're going to be a, a, when you have high talent and B when you're trying to create offense. But there are also players that have to understand what their abilities are, what they're capable hmm. of doing and what they're not. And I think sometimes what can happen is, you know, in our situation where we were not a high scoring team the last two or three years, and we want to score more goals. Everybody thinks, okay, I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more. And all of a sudden, you may be doing more offensively, but you're doing a lot less defensively. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's that balancing act of players understanding, you know, what their abilities are and what their limitations are. And that's part of being an NHL. Hmm. Um, it's, I was just in, uh, New York watching, I was at the Islanders Hurricanes game and it was, it was funny. I was thinking of watching Brent Burns make this huge impact in this game. And you can see what, you know, what happens when a guy like that goes, you know, to a, into a playoff kind of mindset. And it's like, oh yeah, this guy's great. We, we all remember how good yeah. Brent Burns is. And so I, I know there's probably people watching that going, boy, it would be awesome to see Eric Carlson in that scenario. I'm, I don't know what those discussions with him are like, but, do you get the sense from him? He's like, I want to be part of this or I want to be part of winning or like, what are those conversations with Eric like in terms of his future? Honestly, Craig, I think he's torn because I think he really enjoys San Jose. I yeah. think he likes the direction of our franchise, mm-hmm. but he's also, he's also going to be 33 years old and he wants to win the Stanley Cup. Right. So, you know, he and I have had many conversations about this. I think he's in a little bit of a holding pattern trying to see what our next move is. And I think he'll make that decision here uh, over the next few months in his conversations with Mike and, and seeing what's what's going to happen uh, here in the next leading up to the draft. And obviously the first piece of the puzzle is going to be May 8th when that those balls start bouncing all over the place. <laughs> That's true. Like that might, he might be like, yeah, I'll stick, I'd love to stick around <laughs> Connor Bedard or whatever. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, one more, I, I guess one more on Carlson though. He's in the, I mean, he's obviously if not the front runner for the Norris, he's so he's certainly one of them. You've talked about his candidacy, you know, several times over over the course of the, of the last month. But I thought something you, know, you said about it that was interesting was you're talking about his, about his offensive ability. You said his his elite ability is like extra. He's got that extra gear, right? His his elite is is super elite. And I know there's a lot of people out there with with Norris ballots or a lot of people that track this sort of stuff. The defensive numbers are always going to come. They're they're going to be they're an obstacle for for people. We can we we can be fair about that. But what what is it about Carlson? You know, maybe a little bit more specifically that that makes him that makes him a, a, a worthy vote and, and a guy who should be the top of of a whole hell of a lot of ballots here. Listen, I get the defensive numbers and 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 you know why that may get people hesitation to vote for him for the Norris Trophy. Mm-hmm. But I think also people have to realize the team he was on in particular during the last half of the season. For the guy to get a hundred points and be he was second last time I checked mm-hmm. in five on five points in the National Hockey League. That's it's on a team that wasn't highly gifted and offensive. To me, guys, I I'm not saying you can't. Don't weigh the defensive side of it. I mean, 
defenseman. Defense is actually part of your job description. I get it. But this is such a unique year for any defenseman in the history of the National Hockey League. I don't see how he doesn't win the Norris Trophy. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he did was incredible. And to watch it every day and to watch, you know, you hear all the stories. And when I took the job, he and I had many conversations. I mean, I, I, he was so enjoyable to coach, so coachable. Talk to anybody that's been there. I mean, it was a special season in so many ways, so many ways. And, you know, I'm not saying he can't be better defensively. He and I certainly have had that conversation. We had it at the end of the year. Uh, uh, but our circumstances didn't help him. That's for sure. And, you know, you sit together as a staff at the end of the year and you talk about player strength and weaknesses. And we all of a sudden he comes up. We're talking about Eric Carlson. Well, the weakness. Well, defensively, he's got this guy can defend with the best. Of he's got great ornery, rangy hockey strength. He's got a great stick. He's ultra competitive. And, you know, there was a, such a burden on him offensively that he suffered defensively for it. That was just the circumstances uh, of our situation. All right, let's talk Team USA. So uh, we bring this stat up every year when the, the Americans go to the world. It's been since 1933, David, since they've won gold. We, I can say we, I'm, I'm an American citizen. I'm not on the, you I'm not the, on the, you the passport. I'm not on the coaching staff or anything. <laughs> 1933. So come on. You know you got to do it's it. It's going to end someday. Hopefully it's this year. <laughs> we've been knocking on the door. We've been knocking on the door. And we've, you know, our roster's slowly forming. I like the direction of it. Um, you know, it's 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 going to happen. And, and like I said, we've won some bronzes. Last year we were playing for, for the bronze again. We had an incredible game against Finland in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into it, but we lost five defensemen in the tournament. The last... The semifinal game against Finland, we were playing with three defensemen, and then Riley Barber and Sam Lafferty were our fourth and fifth defensemen because <laughs> we lost five D. Everyone, uh, everyone loves Sam, but hey, I feel no like excuses, I, that's, that's not the position he would want to be in. I think. <laughs> my, my point is, we're going to do it, and uh, I'm banking on this year. That's for sure. Can you? Uh, w- what's the roster building like? I mean, I know there's always this recruiting that go, you, you know the key is to get a couple players into it and have them do a lot of the recruiting. What is that process like right now? I, mean, I could predict every every way a conversation is going to when I call a player. Yeah. yeah. You know, hey, how you doing? You want to come to the worlds? Well, who's going? Mm-hmm. You're going. That's who's going. <laughs> and now, when you go, we can get other guys to go. Right? That's the number one questions guys ask. Yep. And listen, it's a big commitment. It's a lot of time, uh, but rarely do you get to play for your country. And, you know, the great part for American hockey is the depth is increasing every single year. And before they switched over, to uh, the NHL guys decided that they weren't going to go to the Olympics last year. I was going to be an assistant coach with the NHL players. And I'll tell you, sitting in that in those meetings, trying to pick an Olympic team, it is incredible the amount of names that we're leaving off that would yeah. be You'd be saying to yourself, how is that guy not Olympian? And it's getting to the point with American hockey where, you know, if a guy doesn't have a legit reason or a good reason not to come, part of the decision-making process is going to be, okay, you know, Quinn told us no three times because he wanted to go on three vacations to the World Championships. Well, when it comes time to make a choice, that's going to be part of the decision-making process, and that's where we're at as a country, which I think is going to help us 
get players to come play in the tournament. So when you say Quinn, you mean Quinn Hughes, right? That was a clear shot to Quinn Hughes <laughs> yeah. to play this year in the world. <laughs> he's been, he's done, he's played, I think Quinn was, he's played in at least one that I remember. He's played, he's played. Yeah. What, uh, yeah. Do you have that for, do you have a couple dominoes that you're like, a, we, we're pretty sure we're getting this guy that, and that helps, it, it always helps to have like Patrick Kane, not in this case, but you know, I remember when your Patrick Kane was in or Dylan Larkin or whatever. Yeah, we got uh, Gensel, we got Benino, we got Tuck. So that's a good start. That's pretty we got good. Garland. We got Garland. Uh, we're making strides. We're a bunch of guys that are. We had we had three or four guys that were coming that unfortunately were injuries. They couldn't come. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matias Samuelson, Jordan Greenway were coming, and they mm-hmm. after their exit interviews and physicals, unfortunately they're not able to come, which is unfortunate. And so we're, we've got some good building blocks with Casey DeSmith and that. Was a legit NHL goalie, so we're going in the right direction. What are the calls like whenever you have to track down guys who maybe have just been eliminated from the playoffs? And I know that I know th- those are calls you've had to make before, but is that a difficult? Like, how do you uh, how do how do you finesse that? Like, do you, is it is it a case by case thing? Like, what do you sorry like? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, hey, sorry about last <laughs> night. Do you want to go to Finland in a couple days? <laughs> that is not easy. That's a lot of Doctor Phil and trying to angle around the obvious of of you know, playing in front of 20,000 people and the intensity of, of Stanley Cup hockey and, you know, to be able to kind of reset yourself and come on over and play. And, you know, you got to be realistic too. You give a guy a few days and you want people to want to be there too. So as much as you want to try to recruit somebody, you don't want to talk someone into coming over. You want people that are all in when they're there. And, you know, we had Boldy and Hartman and Swayman join us last year after their exits and, they were outstanding. Yeah. I, I, we could ask for more from those guys when they came over. How about some of the young guys, like the, you, the draft eligible, like a Will Smith or some of these? You know, I know sometimes it's it's hard. It's you're, all of a sudden you go from playing kids to men. Is there is there a pool of guys this year that you're looking at for those kind of opportunities? Yeah, there's definitely a pool. Of, definitely a pool of guys that you're looking at the college guys. But again, you're you're you know from an NHL, but you want to, you want to bring the best players. Sure. and you know that's what we're focusing on right now. All right. Well, I I know you got a plane to catch, dogs to kennel, whatever whatever else, a house to build. You're building a house, aren't you, David? Somewhere in Rhode Island right now. You got to got to oversee a, some construction. Building a house in Westerly, Rhode Island. We still got our apartment in New York. We fly JSX Airlines, which allows us to take dogs on the plane. So it's been a, <laughs> okay. a curious route back to New York. <laughs> I was wondering if the Golden Dude will lead in his own seat. That's what I was curious about. He gets a lot of attention and he lays in the aisle. That's why he knows it. See, he knows it. That's always, that's always, that's always the way it goes. <laughs> Rex, yes, Rex yes, is a does. ham. We love it. Oh my God. Rex is a ham. He's a hit. Every airline he walks on. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, David, best of luck. Safe travels. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll, we'll have you back on with that. After we win gold, after we win, after we win gold, I'll be back on. Sounds that's like right. a plan. That's right. <laughs> all right all right guys. great we'll talking to you. travel safe thanks Thank a lot yep. all right guys sean i know i bring it up to the, these coaches every year the americans haven't won since 1933 I, honestly nobody in the united states cares but me and you may you might care a little bit but it I would be david, really fun think, to get david, david quinn, quinn no, i think david, david quinn, quinn cares. cares i mean outside of the people that like <laughs> you know our pride is online and they're trying to do this it would be really fun to have him back on here with a gold medal around his neck. Oh my god! Can you I think we've already said that. We said something similar. Olympics coming, going to the Olympics, but, but that's okay. Let's let's come on. Let's do this. If you're if you're on the fence, NHL American player, about going over there, just 
let's let's all agree to go over there one year and win a gold. Just, and then to, come just, back. Like, deci- just decide to do it. Decide to do it. If you, Patrick Kane, if you're listening and you're like, you know, the devils are giving us a push and we're going to get knocked out. Now, Patrick Kane, is, is he's always seems up for it. But let's go over there and get a gold because it would have broke some news. I think we might have broke some news on the podcast, maybe. I don't I don't I think all the stuff about the rosters, I don't remember hearing that anywhere. Like Jake Gensel Gensel? and Yeah. Good for Jake. Get it done. Yeah. So get it over there. Let's get a goal. Let's have the men and women's gold on this side of the border. It it, it would be I mean fun for this podcast. Bring it home, boys. That's what I say. Coming up next is what did Jeff call it? The only important the only only segment segment that matters. The only segment that matters. With all due respect to the previous <laughs> guest. We'll be right back. This is the only good segment on the show. It's the comment section. You guys know how to find it. Tap listen in the app. Mm-hmm. Right? Then what? Oh, you had to look down. I see you looking down to see what's next. I've got it memorized. Hey, all you got to do is open up the athletic app on your phone. <laughs> Tap listen. Find it just kind of like pops up there. The actually, athletic hockey show. It's actually gotten easier, maybe. Then you know that's because I, I follow the it. Go is, to the discover tab in the oh. listen, and then discover, well, and then NHL. Already. Listen, stop interrupting. Uh-huh. This is important. People need to know. Listen, discover, NHL, the athletic hockey show. Mm-hmm. You scroll down. <laughs> You look for our episodes. Our being mine and yours specifically. These comments are on the are on our interview with John Arbleski, the coach of the women's national team for the United States. Great talk with John last week. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. But that's what these that's what these comments are are under the heading. And I and I would like to reiterate for anybody who maybe missed missed out last week, mm-hmm. the comment section is fixed. There had been issues, I believe, with iPhone commenters. You're welcome. Craig and Craig banged the table. Mm-hmm. Probably fired a couple people, honestly. Three. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Good three luck people. to them, by the way. Whatever comes next. Can't comment on it, but we're looking forward <laughs> to seeing what comes next. They're all three of them. Not at the athletic. Um, and, uh, and got it taken care of. So here we go. Here's the comments on, on on the John episode, which again you should go and listen to because he was he was great on a lot of on a lot of different stuff. One of the, one of our big talking points last week was the ESPN uh, studio show intermission pregame. Uh, it's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. I think Sean was a little hard on it. In, in retrospect, do you get a call? Do you get a call from Messier? I, here's what I want to say. I think Chelios and Mark Messier are doing a great job. <laughs> And uh-huh. PK is talking the right amount. <laughs> it's good, actually. Never mind. They actually, no, they, they, those uh, guys don't care about us. No, they don't give a shit. They had, yesterday actually they had um the really confusing thing about the about the ESPN broadcast is it's tough to figure out who is going where because everybody is working a different series. Like game game crews have been different. Last night, Butchergrass and Weeks, and John Butchergrass, Kevin Weeks, and uh, and Ryan Callahan were working. We're working intermissions, which was, I I was confused by that. But I, this is after calling Vegas games. Like, they're just, like, all over the place. I think that's part of the problem is that, like, nobody's finding their given flows in in games. I'll say this about 
uh, Turner, again, this isn't a, it, definitely a U.S. centric conversation, but I, I think the X factor, the difference for me is Paul Bissonette. Like, I like when Biz jumps, in, he like he adds an energy to that intermission. That's it's, it's just fun, and like you know, they're giving him a hard time about rooting for the Leafs, and then you know they're getting texts from Charles Barkley. I, like that's what I want for my. And then then they take a second to really break it down. They were talking about blocking shots the other day, like in a way that's, oh, it's really good. Colby Armstrong's talking about breaking both of his feet one year, blocking shots because he didn't put a skate guard on. And Colby's good. You get good. like this moment. Yeah. Colby's good. You get a little bit of insight, but it's wrapped in in fun. And that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. They do. A, I, I, I like, I like that a good. Liam's a good ringleader. I thought, I thought Biz had so a- Steve Levy. I'm not going to take any Steve Levy. It's fine. He's a former. He's a, he's a friend of yours. Not mine though. Liam's my friend. Um, Are you guys friends? Friendly. <laughs> it's it's an, a very important distinction. No, those Not guys. Me and Liam, those guys me and are. Me and those guys are good. I think. Yeah. Right. I think. Um. <laughs> like Biz is Biz is is uh, when it comes to breaking down stuff. He's. I think people don't give him enough credit there because he played. Sure. He played defense and forward professionally. Like I know he was a he was a he was a fighter, but dude, it takes something to play both of those positions <laughs> on the professional level. Right. And, and he was doing, and he used that experience, I think, well yesterday when he was breaking down, he was breaking down some, uh, some, some breakout stuff by, by, uh, by Tampa. And then, you know, obviously the counterbalance would, would have been the, the four check by Toronto. It was great. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the TNT, the TNT studio show. But like I said, we, we ragged on the ESPN experience last week pretty good. And it's well, whatever be better it's tv i like having people that are pretty fairly removed like uh -huh. in the game like I, I you know i mean pk obviously is but i i do like colby armstrong can sit there and talk about if you're talking about the leafs or you're talking about whatever he's got first-hand knowledge of the people he's i, I don't know you I, gotta I have that, a couple of those saying, yeah you got it's, yeah, it's a fine it's a fine line right where you, you want to have yeah. people whose whose experience isn't so far in the past that they were playing like a kind of a maybe not a different game but We'll say it like like maybe a fundamentally different game, but you also don't want you also don't want it to be so close. You don't want to have a bunch of people that are so, still so close to the game that they're afraid to criticize anybody. Yeah, for which sure. I, you know you, you know who's, who's good at that. I know I've seen BX obviously a, a lot a lot on Sportsnet, but Yandel Keith Yandel really really good at you know uh, on on TNT with you know the guy was playing 15 minutes ago, right? But he's still he's <laughs> still capable of being of being critical, and also the blend. Because you have Colby who's been out of it for a few years, and Biz who's been out of it for a few years, and Anton Carter, like those guys can weave in and 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 maybe talk about guys who Keith Yandel was playing with last year. Like it doesn't have to all be from one person right. or another. I think the balance is right there. Um, but that brings us to the to the the comment from Max Z in our original complaint about the ESPN uh, the ESPN studio show. He said that Messier and Chelios talk too much, and PK never shuts up. True. Maxie, two guys who hate talking and one guy who talks too much. Sounds like the opposite of a Tuesday Boys interview, am I right? It's really good. It's really I good. I will say this about us. Let's go to I the, think hey, wait, 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 wait. Let's go to the ESPN or, or whatever the when, when the Athletic Gets Game broadcasts in 10 years. Studio show, Greg Custon, Sean Gentilly, and Quinn Hughes. <laughs> Quinn Hughes. That's what it would be. It would be like, Quinn, what do you think? Mm, um, All right. Uh, then back then we, to you, Sean. And then we laugh, Maxie, then we laugh in the this? mics for 45 seconds. 
I know Sean and I are talking over each other right now as we speak. <laughs> I think we've gotten better about it to almost. To, I think it's gone the other direction because there's been. I, I don't know if Jeff is editing these out or not. Um, but there's been multiple times where, sh- where I'm waiting on shot, like, or, or he's waiting on me where we pause and there's like a 40 second pause where we're like, because I think we're trying not to speak over each other. We're trying not to speak over each other. And we also realize that that stuff is, is easy to edit out. So if there's like five seconds of dead air pause. at the start of a question, yeah, like Jeff just goes in and fixes it. <laughs> it's yeah, great. You all never know. <laughs> Super comfortable for the guest, I'm sure, to sit there while Sean and I are staring at each other and Zoom going, do you want to go? Do you want to go? No, I'll no, go. no, you no, go. no. You go. You go. I'll go. You take this one. Okay, that's fine. No, I'll go. You want me to go? <laughs> Canada L says, talk college hockey with Quinn too while you have him. Uh, I should have read, we should have probably read that comment before just now. We recorded David Quinn already, but <laughs> that would have been a good idea. I like college hockey. Slurms McKenzie, Tuesday Boys, hashtag Tuesday Boys, Tuesdays, giving away the Mario Kart shortcut no one knows about to the comments via email. Which, like, did we check the emails at the athletic hockey show at gmail.com oh. or whatever? No. But someone else does. Jeff, did we get Jeff, any emails? I I about, hey, that was a good email. I remember that now. Um, I'm going to read this one from Mike. M. Nothing oh. this week, Jeff says, by the way. Hey, listener, give us, send us some really long emails with charts like lis- the listener last week. That was really good. <laughs> uh, if, if you want to email us, it's who knows? It could be anything. That's What's our email? Right. It's a Gmail. Just email me. It says Gentilly at theathletic.com. Happy New Year's, guys. Thanks, Mike. Um, actually, I've noticed... You know, you guys can actually just text me. My phone number is 412. Not gonna, come on. Go ahead. Wait a second. Hey, did you go, know Rick, I'm go get Rick Craig's, Pitino? Craig's phone over. Don't give out, please. Guys. Rick Pitino was caught on camera yesterday, according to a tweet mm-hmm. he tweeted out, uh, giving his cell to somebody, and every, everyone watching the broadcast picked up and um, picked up what he was saying, and he said he got 300 calls it's from people, mostly positive. So, Sean, I think if you gave out your cell, people would uh, people would react well to that. The world will Just never know. God, God bless Rick Patino. Glad he's back in a power in a, in a in a power five in a power five situation. He's also changed his cell. It's the Athletic <laughs> Hockey Show at gmail.com If you would like to send us uh, a, something a little lengthier than the comment section might provide. Anyways, Mike M says, um, Craig seems to genuinely laugh hard at Sean's jokes, even the bad ones. <laughs> they're they're okay, bad that's ones? That's a backhanded compliment. Oh. It's hard to say. Does, uh, does Craig do this for everyone? Could he offer this as a service? I'm emceeing my sister's wedding this summer and I want some good laughter sprinkled in the crowd. Yes. My, well, as we know, if you listen to the ads, I am looking for more wedding invites. <laughs> So thanks for that laugh, Sean. See, Sean, Sean it was does funny. It See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tougher, I'm a tougher sell though. I mean, he will leave me out hanging. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Mike, um, send an email with the invite to the, the aforementioned email, and and I will go and I'll cackle in the back row like really loud, I feel like Ed McMahon style. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Mike. What a what? Uh, this is the best wedding I've ever been to. Oh, 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 oh. I find Sean genuinely funny. I know, <laughs> I don't know where I land on the spectrum 
with our audience. I, I it's a genuine laugh. I don't know if I would be good at faking a laugh. I think Sean's a funny, funny I, guy. We en- we enjoy each other's company. I think that's the main reason the show works. Yeah, that's, that's why without, it's without literally the only reason into the, into the psychology here. It. Yeah. What do you got? Which one do you want to read next, Sean? We'll go Shanna. Shanna. Okay. I know I've, we've butchered her name many times over the years. Well, you should say it with that Midwestern A. Shanna. Shanna. It's a, it's a real seismic, seismic situation. Um, there's no... I corrected myself recently, by the way, doing that. What was the city? Lancaster? Lancaster. That's correct. Seismic and seismic is just me. Lancaster. Lester! Lester! Shauna says, talking about how the ladies have to hustle is a pretty stark picture of what it's like to be a woman in a male world, which is true. I mean, it's, it's true. I yeah. think that's something that needs to be said pretty often with when when you're talking about the women's game is the amount of you know, work that's expected of them, you know, whether it's selling, selling the game or just business concerns, maybe that, that, that just don't, don't exist for the men. Like it's, it's having to teach a class at the college that you're coaching, you know what I mean? Or like random, like side jobs, and like other jobs, not being able to play hockey mm. profession, not being, needing to have other jobs outside of professional hockey for the most part. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you got to, you don't want it. You don't want that, that to be the focus because you want to talk about these women as elite hockey players, right? Like that's th- that's important. You don't want it to. You don't want every conversation about this to dovetail into like, oh, you're doing this and you're doing that, and isn't doesn't it suck to have to work that hard? But it. But you yeah. also you also need to acknowledge it. It's a fine. It's a fine line. I think. I like not to patter. Like I don't. I, I don't like to do that with the players because I feel like, I f- like not only do they have to put up with that, they have to put up like with dopes like us that want to talk about like, hey, do you play on your brother's team? Tell us about, play with, 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 you know, I've, I've been, I've been schooled in that, in, in, in that regard. People, people don't, people don't hear that. They don't want to hear that. No, they, they want, don't want to talk about like what they did against Canada. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, not going to ask them. Jesse Comfer about, about the season. JT Comfer's having, having with the Avs or whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> That's right. That's that that should be frowned upon, and it is. So I so I'm, so, I'm and, done, and I think I'm that's done with that. Cousin of it, even uh-huh. I think the like, man, so, and I and I know I'm sure we have. I'm sure you can find clips of me like asking these questions. So that's fine. But like, it's it, that's the cousin of it. Like, oh, talk, you you have to mm-hmm. work at you know GNC or whatever. Yeah, and and you know it's one of those things. Goalie for a professional hockey. Team. Yeah, and I hope people. Especially with me, because I end up having these discussions a little bit more because we talk about it. We talk about the women. I have two podcasts a week, and we talk about the women's game oh, a wow. lot more with on on you know with with me and Haley. Like I hope I I'm asking people a lot of times for like patience, basically, when it comes to me talking mm-hmm. about this stuff because it's not something that I that I'm 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 an NHL writer, right? Like I like that's it's just. I've I've had to pick up stuff on the on the fly and kind and kind of learn as I go. So I do appreciate the grace. I think that people have have generally given me there because I'm sure, sure, sure that I do still sound like a jackass talking about it sometimes, and certainly have sounded like a more of a jackass in the past. But you just try to get better because it is it's a great you know dessert. It's it's a it's a big part of the sport, and it's going to be a bigger one moving forward. And it's and it's a fun thing to talk about. But there are nuances i think that everyone's you know if, especially if you're a man and you're 37 or whatever that you're still figuring out mm. I'm, I'm there 
37. Hey, Michael K., this would be a good time for me to let you know uh, I <laughs> won't be doing two Schedule. out of four shows. In Schedule May. keeper. Schedule keeper. So if, let me, I just wanted to clear that with you. I want to get my time in now. Mm-hmm. So Max probably. Hey, shout out to Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, filled in for me. I was out of town this weekend. I coach a flag football team. Maxwell stepped up and That's- subbed for me. Because a lot of people don't know this about Max. I have him sub for me for whatever I do. This is a true story. Uh, dude, I seriously, I seriously thought you were saying that you were going to be out of town to coach a flag football team, and that that's that would why be better. you, that, like, that's why you weren't going to be able to do the show on May third or or, or or whatever. Okay. No, I was in New York at the Hurricanes Islanders. I know. So I, I I needed someone to I the team I coach, and I was like trying to find a replacement in Max and Cody Stavenhagen was the uh, defensive coordinator, our Tigers writer. I love that. And just think, a workmanlike 28, six mm-hmm. win for the Detroit Broncos, Detroit, the Detroit Broncos. I think Max is doing all three shows while you're out. Honestly, I believe that mm-hmm. the plan don't hold me to it though. Nice little win. The, co- the kids actually want him to coach instead of me now. Shockingly. It's not a surprise. Also, Shauna says, I find I really find the videos of the company in Canada that makes resin tables very calling. Which I don't know why those came up, but I I do too. I love watching. Oh, that was our why, ASMR why were we talking about? We're talking about AS, ASMR. Okay. Someone claimed that the last four minutes of our pod was maybe the best in podcast history. How about history. this? Do you have That's any a comment in here? That's an actual comment. That could be a compliment. That could be a vicious roast. I have no idea what we talked about. Hold on, I'm going to read. Sincerely, I have no cl- no clue what it was. The last, try to read what? Where's this comment? Oh, it's from Jesse W. I feel like Jesse W's not a he's a, he's a regular. He is Jesse 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 is a is a regular here. So I'm I'm going to assume the last that, four minutes of this podcast episode is some of the best podcasting I've ever heard. And then what, someone what liked was, it. It got a thumbs up after that. I'm going to like it too. Now it's got two thumbs up. <laughs> um, you know what I think it was. I th- it, like you and I ended up talking. Did like did we end up tacking on all this, the conversation we had at the end? Because was we that like on, was that when we were talking about was that when we were talking about the ESPN stuff? No, I think you and I then went sideways into like three or four other conversations okay. that we yeah. weren't sure whether or you know not why? they were on. Because that pod. shit's a lot more interesting than hockey. <laughs> I'm really interested in hockey right now. I'm, it is, I mean, yeah. The, I feel like the really last. I definitely feel like the last few nights too have been fun. Like there's always that yeah. like little, do you, do you feel this way that there's like a little bit of a lull in series like mm-hmm. around like game two or game three? Yep. And then it's like it, and then you start getting into the, into the end game on these various series and I'm, I'm like all in definitely. Yeah. It's, we've got like, we're going to have some game sevens coming up by the time. Um, I think that's it. It is it. For comments. That's it. Someone wants you to get a TikTok account. I do have a TikTok yeah. account. I have, I have a lurking account that is she's used to. Uh, you know what? That's a good question. I don't actually post anything on it. I, th- I think it's. I think it's private. What do we like? TikToks what do we like tonight? We can, man. We can the her, the Canes can eliminate the Oilers, right? The Oilers. The Oilers. That'd the Islanders. Whew, that'd be in the Stanley in this in the two thousand six or whatever it was. Dwayne Rollison. That's right. <laughs> Are you starting Jack Campbell? We didn't really talk about that. If you're the Oilers, at any I'm point. not. Uh, I right can't. Now. I can't. I can't bring myself to it. He's an American, so that's why I ask. I understand. You know, I understand the logic, and we'll see what we'll see what Woodcraft does. But I just can't. I can't get over. I can't get over how bad he he was for the first 
from mm. <laughs> 85% of the seasons this the season or whatever. So yeah, Carolina Carolina's trying to eliminate uh, the Islanders and Minnesota, Dallas. Love that. I <laughs> that's series. that's been my that's been Jake my Otter. that's been my favorite series. Yeah. Somehow I haven't somehow Joe Pavelski's back on the ice. He might be playing. Who? That series. Joe, <laughs> Joe Pavelski? Yeah. Plays for the stars. Good 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 American player. Um Jeremy Rutherford is gonna join Rob Pizzo and Jesse Granger on the podcast tomorrow. JR, I, I would I would like to get his thoughts on Ryan O'Reilly. Like he he knows these guys so well. I, I don't know what they're going to talk about, but yeah, he'll be worth talking. I I would love to hear what he has to say about O'Reilly because I know that they have a really they have a relationship. I, I know they've they've um shit they've worked together, covered that covered that team. Co- mm-hmm. Jeremy Rutherford watched Ryan O'Reilly play a lot of hockey over the years, so it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what see what he has to say about this. Make sure you subscribe to follow the athletic show on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at sign the athletic hockey show. It's funny, funny, every, funny every time. Every time. Every single time. Um, this is, I think the Robleski's interview is up there. If you want to watch that on video, I want to we'll talk off air, but I think there's a better way to package that. Like I would get right to the anyways. Nobody wants to sit through the whole thing, but there was some really good stuff he said that I thought we could break out in those. That's a separate conversation. Need to just leave our faces out of it as much as possible. I know. Too. That's very important. That I feel. I really feel that. I might start wearing sunglasses for interviews. I was thinking that. You think that'll be a bad move? Sean I can't. My 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 eye line on these things. I can't. I can't get over it. Like I'm just. I'm. It's like there's a. It's like there's a bee flying around in my in my in my apartment. It's like I'm like. Every time I talk to these people, it's terrible. I need I need to figure this out if if we're gonna keep putting this shit on on video. I just don't think we have a wide enough box to work with. I just I have a stiff neck after these interviews because I'm trying not to move because we have the skinniest wherever, little sliver. Just like wherever I look, it ends up being like kind of I'm like looking through the cam like through the through the camera or off camera or something. I'm I'm bad at this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So anyways, be sure to, anyways, be sure to follow us on YouTube.com. YouTube, <laughs> that was, if you really, we're really, maybe we're underselling it even, you could say. Um, we're we're uh, coming up next week, maybe possibly the recently retired Justin Braun to stick with Shark Week. And, uh, but we've got some good, good uh, guests in the hopper that JD is working on. And I also just want to thank one last time, David Quinn, for joining the show. Best of luck in Finland to the Americans. We'll have him back on with a gold medal. And when he loads up with American talent for that run, that's it, Sean. Good show, buddy. You really this was. I think this, this was week. a good show. Mm-hmm. So most of the other ones, mm. Mm-hmm. this that's one, hmm, passable. Great. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy New Year. Bye.